Hello and welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And my mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. This podcast is sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS, a 21-day plan that takes you step-by-step through healing and thriving with PCOS. It's all in there waiting for you, beginning with the three keys to living your best life as a PCOS diva. For more details, visit HealingPCOS.com. So today I have two very special guests that are very near and dear to my heart. Linda and Sarah Kochi, they are a mother and daughter who have been on this PCOS journey now for, for many years. Uh, Sarah and was a client of mine, gosh, way back when, when she was 15, um, going on 16. And Linda, her mom, had reached out to me because Sarah had just been diagnosed with PCOS and was really trying to navigate um, you know, her, the healing process. Um, and I am just so thrilled to be talking to, to both of them today, so many years later. And Sarah is, is now really thriving and flourishing uh, as a college student. And Linda um, had her own journey and she went actually throughout this, um, this process, really learned to love um, a, a holistic um, healing lifestyle and is now a, a holistic health coach and she's helping other mothers navigate this PCOS journey with their daughters. So, so thrilled to have you both here. Thank you. Thank you. So as a mother of a daughter myself and, and my daughter Lila is going to be nine in a couple weeks and you know, she's kind of entering that, that age when, you know, I'm really starting to wonder is if she's going to have PCOS. And, you know, I hear from so many mothers just um, really kind of distraught about this PCOS, about a PCOS diagnosis for their daughters and um, really wanting to do the best for them um, and uh, help kind of lead them through you know, navigate the doctor's visits and changing the diet and the lifestyle. And um, it's, and I know that it's, it's not an easy process, but um, Linda, you have been able to really help your, help Sarah get to a place where she's no longer really suffering with PCOS. And I would love for you to kind of, um, you know, I'd love for you both to share your point of view, kind of where, um, where you were several years ago when you got that initial diagnosis. Right. Thank you. Yes, it wasn't an easy time for us. And Sarah was very athletic and was very involved in sports at the time and had an injury. And that injury took her out of sports. And at that point, she just started gaining weight. And to the point where she was very uncomfortable was wasn't really interacting with friends as much because she was very self-conscious and we went to the doctor and and in this time too she only menstruated every six months about once every six months 
And so we went to our pediatrician and he said, you know, enough is enough. So I'm going to send you to an endocrinologist and we're going to figure this out. So we were given the diagnosis. She had an elevated androgen level and we went then to a pediatric a gynecologist. And so the protocol was right away to go on birth control and then go off and have a happy life. And so Sarah went on birth control and her friends started telling her that she seemed sad and withdrawn and the pill really made her depressed. So we went back and, you know, they continued on wanting to try different ones. And in the meantime, she was seeing a nutritionist and still gaining weight. She joined the swim team, uh, was following this very low carb diet and gained five pounds that week. So very frustrated, went back to the gynecologist and she said, even though Sarah was borderline, um, not being in a proper BMI, um, the doctor told her, well, you know, I work with gastric bypass patients and you are nowhere near that. And my thought is, is well, so are we going to wait till she's that before we start addressing the fact that she's gained about 20 pounds? And, and then she asked Sarah what, who she was trying to look like, like what model or actress was she trying to look like? And I think you remember that, Sarah, right? Yeah. What did you say? Well, I just want to look like myself and how I looked a year ago. I'm not trying to be anyone. I just want to be me. <laughs> right. So at that point, we were very frustrated. And we went back to our pediatrician. And we found out that the gynecologist told the pediatrician that Sarah had a poor body image of herself. Mm. And our pediatrician said, you know, I've known you since you were born, Sarah. I know that's not true. And I will work with you. And so we started on metformin. That stabilized her weight, but at that time, it still wasn't good enough. I, Sarah was very sad, and we were trying to work through things. And as a mother, you feel helpless. What am I to do? And the PCOS Steva popped up at some kind of, I don't even know maybe <laughs> how I found you. I can't remember. Uh, but, you know, it was obviously meant to be. And right away I called and talked with you and you were willing to coach Sarah and I together. And that was life-changing. And Sarah was given the tools that she needed to be where she's at today. And her and I went to a coffee shop yesterday just to reminisce. And some of those earlier things she doesn't remember about, but you know, the major things were, you know, going into a fitting room and trying to find clothes to fit and crying and not wanting to buy anything and coming back home and not having any clothes for her to wear because she wouldn't buy any of them because they were bigger sizes. And then I'd have to go back and buy them and leave them on her bed. And so she would have clothes to wear. And it was just a very emotional time. And it did, it took about nine months of you know six months working with you but being very steady and purposeful in how we introduce things over time and it took about nine months for her hormones to balance out and she lost all the 20 pounds that she had gained wow but that's it's such a hopeful story for i think so many 
moms and young women listening, um, that it, that there is a lot of hope that you can through lifestyle change, because that's what it was for you. It was, um, and maybe you could talk a little bit about that, Sarah, about how you did change your lifestyle. Um, but there is a tremendous amount of hope and, um, but it, it, it is like you said, Linda, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not a couple weeks and this is all going to change. It, it takes a while for our hormones to come back in balance. So, Sarah, can you kind of tell us, um, can you walk us through some of the things that you did um, back when you were changing your lifestyle? Um, yeah, so I remember when I was 15, just um, <clears throat> coming into high school, and you are trying to, you know, understand who you are, fit in with your friends, and um, for me, it was really hard because I just kept gaining weight, and I didn't feel comfortable with myself. Um, and then when finding the PCOS Diva, it really did help me because I got to learn more about myself and how I can, you know, really make better lifestyle changes. And I think one of the hardest things for me was trying to explain to my friends that I couldn't always, you know, eat the same things that they were eating. And it's like, I understand what PCOS is, but not everyone understands what PCOS is. And like, you want to explain it to them, but there's just more to it than what they are willing to know, I guess. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was, um, you know, going to hang out with friends, but like bringing my own snacks or if they, you know, want to go out for dinner, it would be, you know, finding a healthy option that I can eat while going out. So like if my friends want to go to, you know, noodles, I would get rice noodles with a protein or Jimmy John's. I'd get like the unwitch because I just... You know, I'm trying to make healthy options that I can, you know, have and, you know, better myself. And I don't like to call it a diet because it's just mm -hmm. like the norm for me now. So mm -hmm. the thing, like I can't fully remember how I felt a couple years ago. It's because I guess I don't really dwell on it that much anymore because it's just like who I am. Mm -hmm. And now being in college, it's just kind of instead of like thinking about what I like can't eat, I just think about all the like better ways and like healthier options I like can help myself. So I guess like it's bringing um, I lunches to like college or like going to like the local like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's that's right by my school instead of eating the unhealthy options, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I love that that mindset shift about focusing on the things that you can have rather than the things that you can't. And I think that's where a lot of women and, and young girls sort of stay stuck that, you know, I can't have the pizza and the fries and the ice cream and all of the stuff that my friends are eating. Um, and, and, you know, I've been trying to train my daughter to kind of think that way too, you know, even though she's really little, um, boy, kids bring in a lot of crap at <laughs> for lunch snacks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, trying to teach her why she needs to eat healthfully. Um, but I think, and I'm sure you can speak to this, Sarah, that it's not about denying yourself um, all of the time. I'm sure you've figured out a way to bring in, you know, I call it a, a mindful indulgence every now and then. So, you know, you can have that pizza pizza every now and then, um, just knowing how it's going to affect your body and, and being willing to make that choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I do sometimes have, you know, a pizza pizza or like a dessert, I know that 
you know, it'll feel good in the moment, but after I don't always feel the best. So it's just kind of like how I want to feel afterwards. Like, yeah, I can, you know, go out and eat what my friends are eating, but most of the time they feel great after and I don't always feel the best. So it's like, if I want to still feel good and have a fun time, then I'm going to respect my body and love my body and do what I need to do to feel great and not, you know, just eat what they're eating to fit in, I guess, which is like the main thing is I feel like in high school, girls just want to fit in because it's just you're growing and you're trying to, I don't know, be with a group, I guess. But I really think I found myself through having PCOS and I'm grateful that I do have it because it really um, helped me learn who I am and know that I don't know, being different is good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? I just, I love that because that's really what I try to teach is that that PCOS can be a blessing because yeah. it sort of leads us on that that kind of journey of self-discovery, which it definitely was for me. And, and it's so happy for me to hear that it was the same for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Linda, when... Uh, you, you know, you had to, you knew that you had to change the way that Sarah was eating. Um, how did you approach that as a family? Well, I did it right along with her. And because it's such a great way to eat, it's healthy <laughs> living. It's eating food that everyone should be eating. And I always remember telling Sarah when she would come back and sometimes, you know, cry or whatever, feeling sad that you know, it isn't fair, or why can't I eat, you know, what everyone else eats, and, you know, and I would tell her, things catch up with people over time, when you're young, you can get away with eating all that bad stuff, all the processed foods, and not gain weight, and so I would always tell her, but you already know how to eat healthy, and you won't have that adjustment, and she has seen that now, right, with the, the college 15, and what they Mm-hmm. And so the whole family, we just started cooking together and I eat right along with her. And I can't say that the guys, my son and husband got on track right away. <laughs> uh, they've taken uh, a while, but Sarah and I have, um, it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. So I uh, eat right alongside her, and I have a lot of food allergies, so it makes sense for me, too, because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we don't engage in with the wheat and, you know, processed sugar and uh, little dairy, that's just all great stuff to avoid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we we have red labels together. We go shopping together. Actually, it's kind of fun. We just take our time and we love looking at Whole Foods, even though it can be expensive to shop there for everything. But we just love walking the aisles and finding new things and, um, yeah, just trying uh, stuff that's good for us. And it's not that hard. I, I'm a very simplistic cook because if you have a protein and a vegetable and a salad and some healthy fats, it's all good. Yeah, I love that you brought that up, that it doesn't have to be complex. Right. Uh, it can be really simple. I know in in my house, um, you know, just 
putting like a simple rub on some protein and grilling it or baking it and, you know, steaming some vegetables with some real butter on top and salt and pepper. I mean, it's just really simple. And then I have a salad with a really simple homemade vinaigrette because we have, like you said, you have to be really careful and make sure you're consuming healthy fats. So, right. you know, the soybean based um, salad dressings from the grocery right. store are just, that, that's not a great alternative, but well, it can be super though, simple. Yeah. And I have to say, Amy, I mean, we did buy all your meal plans and that was so helpful yeah. because the shopping lists are already there for us. And that helped so much at the beginning for us. And the smoothies every morning before when Sarah was in high school, she had a smoothie every morning. Now she'll take stuff to school, uh, some protein powder. If she's, she's in architecture and she puts in these very long hours at school. So even just whipping up some protein for her to have to keep her going. I think it's so important that, you know, we don't skip meals and that we make sure we eat three balanced meals and some snacks just because there was a time when Sarah was feeling dizzy at work and from low blood sugar. And this is again, when those very beginning years when we were learning and she would call me and say, mom, I feel like I'm going to pass out or what. And so those, those times are behind us, but they did happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, and the other thing, Amy, I would say is supplementation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you started us on a great supplement program and now you have your great supplement line. And, and uh, that is a big part of, of your life. Yeah. To, uh, because it's, you can eat as healthy as you can. And still, I don't think we get everything that we need for PCOS and to keep us healthy and especially the deflame and the distress. That's one thing that I think is so important for younger people. It just seems that everybody's so busy and so stressed and those cortisol levels are rising. And Sarah can talk to that. She, she feels that anxiety and stress at times and you know, just to keep that inflammation down in the body and even for the exercising. So, I mean, Sarah, you can talk to that if you absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say um, to Sarah, you know, I think you've done a great job. Think about sort of the pillars in my, my new book that's coming out, um, Thinking Like a Diva, which we kind of talked about shifting that mindset, eating like a diva, um, but moving like a diva. You know, how how... Um, what type of exercise have you found to be really helpful for you? I know you were an athlete when you were younger and a dancer. Um, you know, what is working for you now? Um, I do a lot of lifting at the gym. Mm -hmm. um, I find that, um, you know, lifting helps me like relieve stress and like anxiety. And I also um, do the stair climber. I don't do really intensive, um, like, cardio workouts um I just find that they um I stress my body more than like I want so I do the stair climber sometimes I'll do like the I feel like that really helps me um I'm sorry do you mind do you mind repeating that I think my um 
my my internet connection went out for a second. So you do the oh, stair yeah. climber, and then what else do you do? Um, I do the stair climber. I do the elliptical, and then oh, I just okay. lift a lot. So okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that's just um, really parallels, you know, or reinforces what I try to teach with. Um, really increasing muscle strength. I mean, I think anything that increases muscle strength really helps women with PCOS and then the high intensity interval training, but not when you think high intensity interval training, you know, kind of to me brings to mind like killing yourself at the gym, but that's not really what it, it's just bringing your heart rate up and down and doing like intervals on the stairs is great. Um, what do you do to help relieve your stress? And I know being an architecture major, is you know you have project deadlines and it can be very in your up late and it can be really stressful what do you do to kind of help your adrenals recover i guess um yeah so throughout the semester i do pull like a lot of all-nighters for school and it's just really intense so um i use a lot of essential oils to kind of calm my you know i guess emotions um i also meditate and do yoga when i can or like just like deep breathing and you know because I find that I overthink a lot or have like really high like anxiety um so I just try to do yoga as often as I can or um you know I use a lot of essential oils I bring them to school a lot just to kind of can you talk about that a little bit more like what oils do you like and what seems to help with the anxiety um so I use the doTERRA essential oils and I my favorite one is balance it is for it's like it's for relieving anxiety and stress I also use lavender a lot too and I just kind of like pour the oils in my hands and like cup and breathe them in mm -hmm. or like when I'm at home I'll diffuse them but mm -hmm. mostly when I'm at school like before a huge presentation or something I'll just Put a couple drops in my hand and breathe them in i feel like that's like the quickest way to relieve um anxiety so that's what i find to work that, that's a great tip i i bought myself and my mom and mother-in-law like all the ladies in my family for christmas the lava essential oil diffuser bracelets with the lava rock oh, and right. other beads and that that's a really nice way to kind of carry that's that um the oils with you during the day mm -hmm. <laughs> the right yeah. and they have necklaces now yeah, right? They, right 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 so um and you know the other thing that i know sarah just started using is frankincense mm -hmm. um, because it's very anti-inflammatory and it is mm -hmm. very calming and it's good for meditation and mm -hmm. things like that i know they always say when in doubt use frank so Oh, <laughs> and you're doing that the same the same sort of method, just um, putting a drop or two on your palm and kind of inhaling. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I put a drop under my tongue every morning and at night. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I do that too. Take it internally. <laughs> and I know there is some controversy. You know, people are not all comfortable about put using oils mm -hmm. internally. So that's mm -hmm. definitely a personal preference. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I think you've given us some really um, good tips, Sarah, about kind of thriving with PCOS, um, you know, as a, as a young woman, you know, in college, you know, you're making sure, I'm, I'm just kind of going to repeat what I'm hearing you say, and let me know if you have any other tips. You're making sure that you have snacks with you with protein um, to keep your blood sugar balanced. And, you know, I think the packing and planning is so important. My husband's 
actually doing my my sparkle cleanse we're, we're actually both doing it and he's been packing up his little lunch like cooler every day for work and he says that that's the key to success is just making sure I'll do it as long as I have the food with me and I think that's true for for all of us you know if you pack and plan um, it really works and then you know, having some stress-reducing techniques in your toolkit, um, which you shared with us, and uh, moving your body, you know, and, and, and that's a great stress reducer as well. Um, and then just shifting your mindset, you know, having these little mindset shifts. Um, you know, is there anything else that, that you think is helpful for, you know, a, a young woman listening that's, you know, in high school, college with PCOS? Um, I would just say don't let, you know, PCOS define who you are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lifestyle. It's a norm. Like, I have PCOS, but I'm not PCOS. Like, it's just a part of me. So I think that you, they shouldn't focus so much on having PCOS, just like, I guess, how they can benefit from it and, you know, really embrace who they are, even though they have PCOS. Mm -hmm. And and I just have to put this out there because... This happened to me when I was your age, going to the college clinic and a doctor telling me, never, never really said I had PCOS, but said that, that it would be very difficult for me to get pregnant. And, um, you know, for, for the girls listening out there, if a doctor has told you that at, the, at a very young age, um, you know, that, that isn't your truth. And most women with PCOS can get pregnant. So... Hopefully that's never happened to you, Sarah. Um, but if anybody's listening and that they've been told that, um, you know, the, there's plenty of other opinions out there as well. Yeah. I, yes. And we've never had anyone tell Sarah that. So I feel grateful for that. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing is the earlier you can find out that you have PCOS, the better. And I guess we feel so fortunate that our doctor was proactive mm -hmm. and helped us to, you know, I, I just feel so bad for women that don't find out and, you know, they do have anxiety or they can't lose weight and they start judging themselves over things that they don't have control over because their hormones are not in balance. And this is when we start doubting ourselves when people are like, well, just don't eat that much. Or, you know, there's kind of these judgments that are put upon people. And that I find that to be so sad that that happens, but it does happen. And so, you know, that is why I became so passionate around helping mothers and daughters with PCOS because I want them to have the toolkit as early as possible in their life so that they don't have to suffer, I guess, by not knowing and doubting themselves and then having to, you know, recover from that. It's just another added component. Yeah, and I've sent many moms and daughters your way, Linda. Maybe you could take a moment and just tell um folks who are listening, you know, how you work with, with, um, you know, women with PCOS in your practice? Yes. Well, first of all, I start with the mother, right? Because mm -hmm. you, even though I coach with the daughter, if she doesn't have support by her mother, 
that can be very difficult. So I have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And, you know, just really want to make sure that the mother's comfortable with how I'm going to go about coaching and working um, with them. I don't usually coach a daughter without the mother. Mm -hmm. um, I make sure that we do it together. And I think it's great if a mother does reach out for, like I reached out to you to be Sarah's health coach because I don't want to be a nag to my daughter. Mm -hmm. I don't want our relationship to be negative that way because I'm constantly on her. And for her to hear through you from an outsider, um, you know, and of course, we loved working with you <laughs> and um, just how calming you are and your personality was perfect for us. Uh, it just really made a difference. And it didn't put that on me as a mother. I had you telling her and I what to do, and then we did it together. So um, it really is a, um, a mother-daughter kind of thing. And I hate to say it, some, I mean, fathers can get involved too. I've already coached with the mom and dad and the daughter um, because the dad wanted to be involved. So it's it's not about saying that dads are not involved and it's only about the mother and daughter. It really is about family support. And, uh, and we do, we go and we add things in gradually. We don't just, we're not abrupt. And I try and do things so that it seems more natural. We, we can't, even after working with you, Amy, our pantry changed in nine months and we weren't even conscious that it happened. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I like to um, coach and make things seem natural. And this was your philosophy too, Amy, I believe, is that we add things to the plate and the other stuff falls off. Mm -hmm. um, and so to me that, you know, and the other thing is, is I'm really big on we don't weigh our daughters. Yes. It happens at the doctor's office. Mm -hmm. We do not weigh ourselves. It's mm -hmm. um, not a good thing to, I don't believe, start your daughter weighing herself and dictating how she should feel by the numbers on the scale. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that happened at the doctor's office. And just, you know, really talk about being open and honest about if we do feel anxiety and what we can do and how we can talk through those things with our daughter. And so I sometimes coach with the mother alone and then we bring the daughter in at the end. It just depends on the age. Sometimes we do it everything together. It just, I, I leave that up to the mother. Mm. So if somebody's listening and wants to work with you, how can they find out more about your program? Um, they would just go to my website, lindacochi.com, and I do have a spot there where I do a 20-minute free consult to see, you know, talk to them and um, decide if we're a good match to work together. Okay, and I will... Um, put that link in the podcast notes as well for anyone listening. You can find that at PCSDiva.com. Well, I can't, th this is actually where we're talking. You're only hearing the audio version, but we're actually talking via like a Zoom telecall. So it's the first time that I've actually been able to talk to you face to face. And we, we didn't have this technology when we were coaching years ago. 
but um, I, I can tell you it's just so wonderful to see Sarah. She's beautiful and um, <laughs> radiant and um, just really thriving. And I'm just so happy to um, be talking to you both and, and just so grateful that you shared your stories um, with the PCOS Diva podcast today. Thank you, Amy, and you've been a life changer to our family. Yeah, thank you so much, Amy. Oh, gosh, it's just been a joy for me. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast and learned a little something that can help you along in your journey. For more information about PCOS and PCOS Diva products and programs, visit PCOSDiva.com. This podcast was sponsored by my new book, Healing PCOS. It's my proven 21-day diet and lifestyle plan to help women with PCOS take back control of their health and resolve their symptoms. Healing PCOS offers you daily, small, manageable steps that help alleviate symptoms and control the inflammation, hormonal imbalance, and insulin resistance that underlie PCOS. The 21-day plan consists of a 21-day anti-inflammatory hormone balancing meal plan, including meal prep and plan-ahead tips to make eating like a PCOS diva sustainable, 85 delicious recipes, daily lessons, and self-care exercises. I have helped tens of thousands of women with PCOS take back control over their health and their lives through lasting healing and sustainable lifestyle change. So whether you're newly diagnosed or have struggled a lifetime with PCOS, this book is for you. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere books are sold.